This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We're right in the middle of the holiday season, but every meal doesn't have to be a big spread. When's the last time you made a simple pasta dish? With a base of pasta and the sauce of your choice, the possibilities are endless. So today we're going to talk about ways to make your next pasta dinner a hit. And later in the show, we'll visit with one of our favorite farmers, Dr. Cindy Ayers from Footprint Farms. You can join our show this morning with a phone call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or email the show food at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Deborah. Hope that you had a good weekend. Kevin, I have had a good year. Do you realize that it is December the 3rd? I mean, like we are really just days from 2019. So yeah, I've had a great weekend and happy to see you today. I missed, you know, whenever you're not here, Kevin, I have withdrawal symptoms. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's been a while with the holidays and things. So good, good to see you here in studio. I also like to pass along a note. Um, one of our longtime listeners, Frank from Jackson. If you're familiar with the show, you know that Frank was a a participant in the show and and a, and a good friend of the show. Uh, found out last week that he has passed away. So certainly, uh, we send condolences to Frank's family. And again, appreciate uh, what he did to add not only to this show but all the other shows that he called into. And our thoughts are with uh, his family at this time. Absolutely, um, Kevin. You know, for me to walk in the studios and find that out this morning, it was just kind of uh, took my breath away. You know, Frank uh, made us laugh. And uh, like all of our listeners, you know, a great part of uh, our Deep South Dining family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to his family, just know that we will truly miss him. So, um, you know, I think I like the food that you cook the taste of the food, but I really think uh, that one of your strengths is the visual presentation. And so this morning you brought in something that again, to me was like, you know, before you even eat it, you're like, wow. So uh, (laughs) if you would tell us what you brought in today. Well, today I brought in my Christmas macaroni and cheese. You know, we're getting ready for the Christmas holidays, uh, Kevin, and I plan on celebrating every Monday, not just because it's the Christmas holidays, but because it's also my birthday month. And so um, every Monday, we're going to just take it over the top. But this macaroni and cheese, Kevin, like you said, the visual presentation, it reminiscent of what Christmas is all about because you've got these beautiful, bright uh, colors on the mac and cheese. It's the red from the tomatoes. It is the... Um, bright greens from you know the leaves that were you know presented on the the mac and cheese and it had the in your words the biggest shrimp you've ever seen in your life so in the center of this beautiful dish because i serve you know this particular dish in ramekins uh there's this really really uh beautiful uh huge uh, prong that's right in the middle and it's it's cooked to perfection it's really sweet and juicy it's a perfect bite and uh it's just you know it's beautiful when you present it you know for your holiday table so again i'm not sure if anyone heard that on the air but it's like every time i forget to silence my phone a telemarketer calls during the show so <laughs> if you heard that apologize for that but the phone is put away now and put on silent so that won't happen again um you know that's the thing i like on the prawn which i guess is 
is there a difference between a prawn and a shrimp, or that's pretty much interchangeable? They're the same, but okay. but you know, people usually use that word when they are the giant of the shrimp, the bigger ones, yeah, right? Yeah. But the way that you um, get kind of flayed the 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 skin, I think that's what when you normally you know because you peel that off. But I thought it was again the the presentation was just because it's sitting there, and then as you see it, you see that you can just kind of peel it open and get to the meat of the shrimp, which. You know, uh, that's uh, one thing that if someone does all – I like shrimp, but it is a lot of work, you know. So when someone does all that work for me and I'm just able to get right to the shrimp, that's really a bonus. Oh, yeah. it. You know, it's whenever I'm preparing a meal, I'm not just thinking about myself, but I really am thinking about the person that's going to eat it. And, again, the presentation is because I always want the food to be a gift. But those little bitty conveniences, like you said, especially dealing with shell, you know, fish, it just makes life so much sweeter. And I thought the the acidity from the the and they're cherry tomatoes, I think, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah, that was a nice touch with the the creaminess of the uh, of the mac and cheese. And you know me well. I mean, I'm certainly not going to balk at a nice big bowl of macaroni <laughs> and cheese. That's for sure. So another another hit. And again, we always appreciate what you bring in for us to taste. So when you talk about uh, pasta, in fact, I think I made some just a couple of days ago, and the box says, cook to al dente. Remind us what al dente means, and why do you think it's important to think about that? Al dente is one of my favorite words because it makes me sound fancy, Kevin. (laughs) Uh, But um, the reason you want to cook the bite to al dente is because nobody wants overcooked pasta. And I've made that mistake before, and basically what you end up with is a bowl of mush. You want a nice to-the-tooth bite. You want it to be nice and pleasant. You want to be able to taste the noodle or the pasta itself. And so uh, the al dente, so for instance, with the pasta that we use today, the instruction says to al dente cook for seven minutes. But I found that if I cook it to five, take it uh, off the uh, fire, let it sit for a minute, then drain it and immediately uh, rinse it with uh, cool water, that I'm going to always, always have the perfect bite. So Whatever the instructions are for the particular noodle, because, of course, it can go from 7 to 12 minutes, depending on your pasta. Always dial it back a couple of minutes, and you'll always end up with the perfect, perfect bite. You don't want, especially, you know, with your mac and cheese, you don't want those noodles to swell up because they become tasteless. And and so you really want to be able to enjoy the noodle. And also, I think uh, with uh, the firmness, the al dente, uh, doesn't any kind of sauce or if you're putting the pasta in some sort of dish, doesn't it kind of help everything stick together? Well, not just stick together, Kevin, but again, the ultimate goal is for it to taste better. You know, there are two ways to serve pasta. One of the ways is called broken, and that's when you serve the pasta and you add the sauce on top. But what I always like to do is to always toss my pasta, whatever pasta I'm serving, in the sauce itself. And, of course, with that al dente bite, uh, you have, you know, the better taste, better presentation, and, of course, the firmness and the the adhesiveness of the sauce, you know, it just flows better in the dish. So, absolutely. I I like spaghetti, but uh, recently got some bow tie pasta. I'd always had that. Uh, at restaurants, but had never cooked some at home. So I had a box of that. That worked out really well. And so feeling adventurous, I, I got some rigatoni. I haven't mm. made any yet. But, uh, you know, I think that's the fun part about pasta is, you know, you can go spaghetti, but that's kind of plain Jane a little bit. But if you kind of experiment and find some other types and sizes of pasta, uh, that's uh, that you can kind of add out and kind of maybe make uh, the plain meal a little bit more fancy. 
Well, you know, it's, even with your spaghetti, um, it, your sauces is really what qualifies the level of fanciness that you're going to end up with. So you can take your sauce from something as simple as a uh, true tomato-based sauce, or you can add, you know, tons of flavor by adding extra vegetables like green peppers and onions. And then, of course, you don't ever want to forget to add, you know, meats to the sauces if that's what you want. Anything from ground lamb to ground beef, ground chicken, your sausages. And, you know, and so it depends on, you know, the level of elegance that you want to serve or the richness that you want to serve in the dish that you're preparing. We have a caller on the line, and it is our friend Sue, who's calling in from Beaumont. Sue, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please. Good morning, y'all. Hey, good morning, morning, (laughs) Sue. Uh, Yesterday, uh, I was going to make some stuffed eggs or deviled eggs, whatever you want to call them, and so I boiled a bunch of eggs, and, and it's so aggravating when you get ready to peel them. You know, the the peel sticks to the white of the egg, and you wind up with a bunch of scabby-looking eggs. <laughs> what, what is there anything you can do to stop that? Do y'all or any of your listeners know what can I do to keep that from happening? I know that older eggs peel real easily, but and these eggs that I used were a couple weeks old, but they just you try to peel them and. and you know, you, you can't peel them cleanly without part of the flesh coming off, you know, the white part. What can I do? So, Sue, do you have an, an old mason jar with a lid on it? Yeah, I do. Once you finish boiling your eggs, the thing that you want to do is put your eggs in that mason jar and just give it a whirl around, and those shells will come off completely, and all you have to do is just rinse a little bit, and you'll have a perfect egg every time. Okay, so take the, the whole egg and put it in a jar. Right, shell and all. Put uh-huh. it in your mason jar. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, put. it depends on the size of your jar. You can put several in there at a time and just give it a nice swirl. I will try that. And literally every time you're going to end up with a perfect, perfect egg. Now you can, you know, there are, you know, little toys that you can go buy to make it easier. But I found that that's just really simple because, of course, I already have a mason jar at home. Yeah, I do too. Well, what, what, what kind of filling can you, because I always put in some Miracle Whip, a little bit of mustard and um in a pickle relish, sweet pickle relish, but, you know, so, so in the deviled egg section there. <laughs> so normally what I do, once once my eggs are peeled and cooled and I slice them and I scoop that beautiful yolk out, the only thing that I'm ever going to add in them, this is my secret, so it's t- from me to you, <laughs> is I just use tartar sauce. Oh, that's a good idea. And I just fold the tartar sauce in. It gives it a... a a, the flavor is palate is just perfect. It's not you know overdone. You don't want to put a whole lot in there because you want the rich, the creaminess. You want it to be beautiful, but just a little tartar sauce. Whip it well enough so you can you can either pipe it back into by using a pipe it, piping bag, or you can just scoop it back in with a spoon, and it's just absolutely a delicious bite. And of course. You know, always adding in a little salt, some pepper, you know, and a a little cayenne because I like a little heat, you know, in the back of that taste and a little paprika for color. It's just perfect. Oh, well, thank you. That sounds good. Thanks a lot. Sue, thank you. And always good to hear from you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Sue, for your call. We're going to take a break. Uh, We'll continue our discussion after the break. Today we're looking for your favorite pasta dish. Share your pasta recipe and give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or email the show food at mpbonline.org. During the break, try to answer this question. How many pounds of pasta do Americans eat in a year? We'll have the answer after the break, so stay tuned.
back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. Today we're talking about pasta. So if you have a favorite dish or if you have a question about how to prepare pasta, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 So, Kevin, I'd like to challenge our audience. Tell us your favorite restaurant to have your favorite uh, bite of pasta here in Mississippi. So call in and let us know where you're going to get your favorite dish from. All right. Uh, we asked the question before the break, how many pounds of pasta do Americans eat a year? And you said, Deborah, that 10 pounds per day per person? The average person who eats pasta, Kevin, it is it is said, Google, that 10 pounds per day. That's wow. a lot of pasta. <laughs> and when you add all of that up, I guess um, Pasta Fit has six billion for the entire country wow. a year. That's Just a think about that. Six billion pounds of pasta for the United States of America. <laughs> yeah, that's Could a... you imagine stirring that uh, pot there, trying to boil that pasta? Oh, yeah. I would like to own that <laughs> restaurant in entirety, Kevin. But we do eat a lot of pasta. I mean, you know, you know, you think about from feeding your kids ravioli in a can to mac and cheese to spaghetti. And, you know, and it's just one of those comfort foods that we tend to overeat sometimes you know we eat it because it, you know the sauces are so good the noodles are cooked perfectly it's these wonderful bites and again it's like one of the greatest comfort foods and it's not that expensive that's the beautiful thing about pasta you know you got uh, kids on college campuses now i've watched all of these amazing videos where they've taken ramen noodles from just being you know that thing you ate in the room to survive to all of these fancy dishes now and so yeah we eat a lot of pasta and i think that does speak to how uh how, how much variety there is in pasta and how many different ways that you can prepare it that we eat so much of it so yeah, there are some restaurants that even have pasta bars, Kevin. So you go in, you order your favorite pizza bite or whatever, and then you'll have this wonderful addition of, da-da, it's pasta heaven. So, <laughs> i got a couple calls to get to. Let's start again in Jackson. Marsha has called in today. Good morning, Marsha. Hey, Marsha. Hey, good morning. Actually, mine's not about – well, first of all, I want to say condolences to Frank's family because he was, he was always fun to listen to. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And we're going to miss him. Second thing, okay, I will address it. I like pasta from any of the Italian restaurants around town, Cerami's, Olive Garden, uh, Marigos, they're all good. I mean, pasta's just good, you know. And the (laughs) third thing is, I was listening to y'all talking about cracking eggs. Somebody, a hard-boiled egg, somebody, a young lady taught me this. What you do is you crack, and this is if you don't have a mason jar, I guess, you crack both ends of the egg. And then you start peeling it. And what that, I don't know what it does, but it works about 99% of the time. All right. Under running water, you crack them and you kind of get under that little film and then you open it. So they, if you don't have a mason jar, and I am going to try that, uh, try cracking both ends first. All right. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait for you to try the mason jar because what I found is literally, you know, with especially with me cooking, you know, large amounts of food, you know, all the time. It, 100% of the time, I don't end up with an egg that I have to, you know, I have to sit aside and eat later myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Marsha, thanks for your call. Appreciate Thank that. You. Uh, I will say I don't have that problem because I don't like boiled eggs. So that's uh, very simple. Are you, so you don't like doubled eggs? I never. And have you had the lobster eggs at, Lest, at Estelle's? We're going to have to go there, Kevin. I'm going to take you there. They I have are a kind just, of a love-hate relationship with eggs, I, you know. 
I used to love scrambled eggs when I was a little kid, and then I didn't for a while. Now I kind of do. Um, I used to not eat an egg on a biscuit, and sometimes now I will. Uh, I used to not really <laughs> like fried eggs. I still probably don't. So, oh, wow. I don't know. <laughs> well, but I, when you put them in cake, now I'll, I'll go for that. Well, I absolutely love eggs, Kevin. They have so many wonderful uses when we're cooking. You know, even when you're talking about cooking pasta, you, you, your carbonara sauce is an egg-based sauce, right. which is one of my absolute favorites. So. I will say, though, I like the way deviled eggs look. I just don't like boiled eggs, so... Okay. And I'm, I see I was out of luck on, on Easter, too, after, you know, I dyed them, but then people eat them, and I'm like, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> and then, Kevin, I do a fried deviled egg. I think you would absolutely well, love it. So maybe <laughs> next week I'm going to make sure, no matter what we're talking about, that I bring you fried deviled eggs. They are absolutely delicious, and they're really easy to make. You're going to go ahead and just boil the egg, and then you're going to, um, you know, pill it. Use your mason jar. You slice your eggs in half. You're going to scoop all that beautiful uh, yellowness out. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to create an egg wash. And you're going to get a little bit of flour and panko. And then you're going to, uh, of course, dip your cooled eggs into your egg wash. You're going to do your flour and your panko. And if you want it really crispy, you just do it, you know, the second time. And then you just fry them, Kevin. And they are abs. And then you take your filling and you put it back in the middle. They're mm-hmm. beautiful. It's a it's a pleasant bite. I think you're just going to absolutely love it. All right. Got another call to get to also from Jackson. Marlo has called in today. Good morning, Marlo. Hey, Marlo. Marlo. Marlo, sorry. Oh, Good to hear from hey, you, Marlo. Hey, Marlo. Oh, my gosh. You changed, you changed my name. Good to Morgan. How are you? Very well, thank you. I wanted to answer the question about what is my favorite um, pasta. Mine is spaghetti strong enough, but I have to make it myself. That is my very favorite. And my second favorite is ramen shrimp. Mm. It actually has tiny, tiny shrimp in it. It is so good. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's such a quick, easy, inexpensive uh, dish. And and once in a while, I do like it. And my third one would be... uh, Chef Boyardee can with little meatballs in it. The other day, um, I ate some for lunch because I didn't have any other food in the house. So I said, let me eat Chef Boyardee. It had 13 little meatballs. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that wild? (laughs) So anyway, that's all I wanted to say. And I wanted to say in German, uh, Frohe Weihnachten which means I hope everyone will have a wonderful Christmas season. All right. Oh, Marlo, good to hear from so you, Marlou. Thanks for calling you. in. That just made my day. Thank <laughs> you, All right. Auf Wiederhören. <laughs> so if you'd like to call in and share your favorite kind of pasta or maybe you where you go to get your favorite kind of pasta, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. So, Deborah, you added, uh, uh, you talked about adding meat to your pasta dish, your pasta sauce. Um, would you prefer, or do you think it makes any difference, uh, meatballs versus maybe, say, some ground beef or something in the sauce itself? You know, for me, Kevin, I like them both ways. Um, you know, I do these amazing giant meatballs that are just absolutely delicious. But if I'm if I've got a large crowd of people coming over, uh, one of the things that I found out is just simply, you know, doing a 
a ground sauce with the meat grounded up. It just, you can serve so many. And I think that's another reason we like pasta because you can serve so many people, you know, for an inexpensive amount of food, um, price on the food. But yeah, either way is fine with me. So how much seasoning would you put in on, on a meat before you add it into the sauce? Well, I always want to make sure that, you know, everything that I have you prepare is well seasoned. So I'm going to pre- season that meatball so that when you taste it, that we don't have a bland meatball. And then, you know, you can take those meatballs up a notch, Kevin. I do the meatball with the cream cheese in the middle. I do the meatball with the sausage in the middle. I do uh, pecan-encrusted meatballs. I mean, you can just have a lot of fun with your meatballs, you know. And it's also reminiscent of one of my favorite all-time childhood movies, you know, The Lady and the Tramp, and it's that moment when they're eating spaghetti and there's a meatball, <laughs> you know, or ratatouille. So, yeah, go ahead and get you some delicious meatballs going. And, you know, and you want to go ahead and add you some onions and garlic, you know, and if you want to, you can add, you know, some fresh basil in there to, you know, get that beautiful green color along with some green onions. I just, I'm always looking for the taste bud to be really excited when anybody's eating anything. All right. Uh, we have uh, Kathleen from Osaka has called in this morning. You're on the air with us, Kathleen. Go ahead. Hey, Kathleen. Good morning, guys. Uh, sorry to hear about Frank, because I know several times, remember, we would sort of pick on Frank <laughs> with the recipe. Yeah. He always called in with uh, something for... Uh, special diets, mm-hmm. and I remember one time I said, we'll do this, and oh, by the way, I didn't forget Frank, so uh, he will be remembered. But uh, I wanted to mention, I have always collected cookbooks, and I started reviewing my cookbooks from the 70s, and they had a lot of stuff referring to MSG, and I just didn't understand what it is. Monosodium glutamate. Yeah, but how? Do, why do we need it in the food, and what does it do? I I guess I'm coming late to this, but I just never uh, used it. I didn't know what to do with it. A quick Google search. Um, it's added for flavor. It's not salty, sweet, sour, or bitter, but still provides a savory flavor. Okay. Well, I haven't needed it, and I'm getting on near 70. I guess I <laughs> <laughs> One less thing in the spice cupboard. All righty. Y'all have a good holiday. Thank you. All right. And the the thing about MSGs, too, you have to be really careful because, it, it you know, even though it it's advertised as something that is uh, just kind of bland and but still adding flavor, it does have a lot of salt content in it. So you want to be mm-hmm. really, really careful with adding that uh, MSGs, and if you got you know salt and pepper and the traditional seasonings already in your cupboard, you can just use those to provide the same kind of flavor palette, Kevin, that you would avoiding some of these preservatives that may cause uh, you know some additional issues as you go along. Uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration says MSG is quote generally recognized as safe. Uh, the Watchdog Group requires that foods containing added MSG uh, listed on their ingredient panel. Um, it's found naturally in some foods and they don't have to list that. So it's, I think it's one of those where, um, maybe if you eat a lot of it, but, uh, and it's commonly, I think most people, um, are familiar with it because it's found in Chinese food a lot. Right. 
But uh, yeah, that's and it's. I don't know if it's a spice. I think it's more of an additive or right. Uh, but as you say, monosodium is the first word, and sodium means salt. Exactly. So especially for people who are trying to uh, concerned about salt intake, that might be something to keep in mind. Again, and it's always a good idea to look at uh, the labels of something. Uh, when you're shopping to see what exactly are the ingredients are in it. Before we uh, take our next break, uh, let's go to Paris, Paris, Mississippi, maybe. <laughs> Cynthia is on the line. Good morning, Cynthia. You're on the air with us. Ooh, yes, la. good morning. Ooh la la, uh, Paris. Any flavored uh, noodles, tossed with any flavor, olive oil, and your spices that you like, and some grain quality uh, olives in there is a delicious, delicious meal. That's it. Yeah, I think you're right. The olive oil with pasta goes well, and it's very light. Uh, but that's a, you, again, that's kind of the base, and then you can expand from there to add some other flavors and tastes along the way. Absolutely, and I and I like the idea of tossing in those olives, uh, Kevin. Uh, to you know, give you that extra little bite that you're looking for, you know, and that's the beautiful thing about pasta. You can serve it with meat or without, and you can add whatever vegetables or even fruit that you want to add to your pastas. All right, uh, Cynthia, thanks for calling in. Good to hear from you. Let's uh, go ahead. We will take a final break. Uh, when we get back, we'll continue our discussion. We're talking today about pasta. So if you'd like to join our conversation, you can call us at one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. Email the show food at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this. You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email food at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. And today we've been talking about pasta. Uh, we're looking for your comments, uh, your calls. If you have a favorite pasta dish, if you have a question about how to make pasta, or if you have a favorite place to go eat pasta, give us a call. Let us know. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You can email the show food at mpbonline.org. So, uh, Deborah, you brought in that fancy macaroni and cheese recipe or dish for us this morning. What about uh, maybe just if someone has never done that or they're trying to graduate from the, the blue box that uh, <laughs> that is so familiar for maybe for younger eaters? Uh, what maybe is a simple uh, macaroni and cheese recipe you could share? Well, Kevin, I'll be more than happy to share how we prepared our mac and cheese today. So basically, again, we cook the noodles to al dente or to the tooth. And uh, and, and what I did, Kevin, is after I, I reserved uh, half a cup of the starchy water off the noodles. So once I rinsed them in the cold water, I added the starchy water back to the noodles, and I added in uh, about four tablespoons of butter immediately. And then I added in a uh, cup of uh, shredded cheese, and you can use whatever you know type of shredded cheese that you want. In this case, I used a mild cheddar. And then, Kevin, I uh, stirred in four ounces of uh, cream cheese, and it gives it that nice richness that you're looking for. 
we added some green onions right into the mac uh, and cheese, and we gave it a nice stir until everything. You can literally see the nice strings of cheese as you stir it uh, coming up. Added in a little bit of salt and pepper, about a half a teaspoon of cayenne right into this, a half a teaspoon of uh, freshly minced garlic, and uh, and we stirred it up really well. And then I, you know, uh, scooped it into the ramekins. And then we sliced up these beautiful, beautiful cherry tomatoes right on top, a little fresh Parmesan right on top of that, and we uh, some salt and pepper and place it on the broiler for about four to five minutes so that it toasts up really, really nice. And that's it. And that's the wonderful thing about pasta. It's never complicated. Uh, you know, the thing that you want to do anytime that you're cooking pasta is you want that water to be hot when you're adding. So I usually bring my water to a boil before I add the noodles into uh, the pasta itself. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, immediately I will take a spoon and give it a nice stir because mm-hmm. sometimes noodles will be tacky and stick together. So to break that up, you want to give it a nice stir. Set your timer so that you don't overcook your noodles, Kevin. Some people add a little bit of oil into their you know, pasta, mm-hmm. and it just depends on what kind you know, that I'm cooking. And then, again, you always want to pay attention to the time on the box because all noodles don't cook the same. Angel hair, for instance, is a very a fine pasta. You only need about three minutes to cook angel hair. Uh, because it is so delicate, but something like, you know, rigatoni, you may want to take nine to 10 minutes to cook because, you know, it's a, a heavier bite of noodles, mm-hmm. Kevin. Uh, a couple things. One thing that I've learned that you mentioned, uh, and that's the whole idea of the stirring. Uh, I found too that, you know, it's just a good idea to give it a brisk stir or two throughout the whole cooking process so that you don't have things stuck together or what's worse. It, it seems like there's always one, like if it's pasta, like rigatoni, there's always one that's like stuck to the actual pan that you're <laughs> cooking in. So if you keep the water moving yeah. every once in a while, you're right, that does help to make sure that, that things don't stick together and it gets cooked well. Also, I remembered earlier you had mentioned about the idea of uh, when you rinse them, to rinse them quickly in cold water, and that, I guess sort of stops the cooking process. Absolutely, because if the longer they sit in the hot water, even if you take it off after your timer goes out for the five minutes and you set it to the side and leave it in that hot water, those noodles are still cooking. So very quickly you want to go ahead and drain that hot water off and then immediately add uh, you know, your cool water to your pasta and give it a second rinse. All right, we've got another caller on the line to get to. This time let's welcome Mickey from Mobile. Mickey, you're on the air with us. It's Mikey. Mikey. All right. <laughs> hey, Mikey. We've got all the regulars getting the names wrong today. Huh? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm, first of all, to Frank and his family. Um, he has uplifted my spirit so many times. And uh, I'm, I miss him, too, already. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, my question today is... Um, I'm I'm always thinking about, well, all kinds of stuff. Asian style, like Frank, that's why I appreciated him so much. Um, Asian style um, sorts of pastas, um, especially things with with peanuts. I mean, that's us, right? We peanuts, right? (laughs) Um, Just like we're okra. Um, uh, I want to give a hint that um, the best, pasta that I ever cooked, I did it by accident, of course, back into it, um, uh, with a, a guy that I was dating at the time, um, and he, 
he thought he knew how to cook pasta. But anyway, um, I boiled the uh, the pasta that he had. And in the meantime, I cooked the sauce in a skillet on the next burner. And I undercooked the pasta, and I took it out. He, he had this uh, colander, which if you were working for a lot of people, you would want. But I found that it was really easy to just take one of the uh, the pasta Oh, it's a, a device that you you buy anywhere. It's basically a tong, sort of a spoon, fork, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. Can you help me explain it? Okay. And I just dipped the pasta out of the boiling water and put it into the skillet with the already heated sauce. And it, w- it turned out to be the best pasta that I've ever made, the fastest, the easiest, all that stuff, okay? And um, uh, now that was uh, a tomato sauce. But anyhow, I'm asking you, please, for um, uh, advice on Asian style, especially peanut sauce based. Well, I've actually not ever made a Asian-based sauce, uh, so maybe we can find some Google information. I'm always eating them, but I've never actually personally cooked a uh, Asian-style pasta. Uh, the only thing I'll say is there's a place in town here called Saigon Noodles, and they absolutely um, they have a dish that I like that has rice noodles in it. So it's like spaghetti, but it's made of rice. Uh, but that's interesting because it's uh, they've got a lot of stuff going on in there. They've got I think some cucumbers in there, some lettuce. Uh, there's like a fish sauce that you could put on there. Uh, there's pork that you can get in, and it's, I mean it's one of those things where I I don't even know how to pronounce it's the a thing. Fa. I, well, the fo- yeah, okay. it's 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 similar to that. This is, but that's the other part that that uh, is popular. But it's one of those where you have to point it at the menu because <laughs> you can't possibly pronounce it. But it's it's really good. But also, um, Mick, uh, Mikey, if you maybe do some research, maybe some sort of fish based uh, sauce might go along well if you're sort of having an Asian themed uh, pasta dish. Absolutely, Kevin. Got another caller on the line. It's Pat in Jackson. Good morning, Pat. You're on the air with us. Hey, uh, thanks. Um, y'all may have already taken care of this, but earlier you said that the average American consumes 10 pounds of pasta per day. That uh, That's just difficult to believe. Maybe it's right. I just find it difficult to believe because that was a family. So a family of five, let's see, that'd be a 16-ounce pack of pasta is normally what we would use, and that would be 10 16-ounce packs of pasta per person per day, so that would be 50 16-ounce packs of pasta per day for 365 <laughs> days a year, a, a, in a year. That, that's just difficult to think that that's accurate. I wonder if it was Anyway, that was well, it's time. it's it's Google information, and it basically the article says to put this in perspective, five liters is about eleven pounds of pasta. By some estimates, enough to feed sixty people. A average large man eats about ten pounds of food in the entire day. So you know, it's it's saying okay. that the average guy when he's having that pasta okay. dish, okay. yeah. Okay, I'm not sure I understand that, but hey, look, thank you. I, I love your show. Thank you. That, that doesn't make real sense to me, but anyway, I really appreciate what you guys are doing, and y'all uh, love uh, love MPB. Y'all hang in there. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Pat. Um, it says Dwayne The Rock Johnson eats 10 pounds of food a day. I think the 10 pounds is... Uh, Relative to that one person. Right, and it was sort of a comparison. Here's how many pounds of pots is the amount... Americans consume 6 billion pounds of pasta each year. That's what Java, uh, uh, Java found out for us. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that does, that does seem like a lot of 10, <laughs> 10 pounds of pasta per day. Anyway, 
uh, let's let's be safe and say we eat a lot of pasta. We eat a lot of pasta. I don't. Pasta. I've never eaten ten pounds of pasta in a day. You know, but you know, if you ever go to a buffet and watch people eat, I don't know that it's as impossible as we think it is. You know. Well, that's true. Especially you know, you get a big get a get a big plate there going, but that still that does sound like <laughs> a lot of pasta. Um, so you know. Uh, uh, Java, our producer, found a chart online, which I'm sure you could Google and find out. But it's fun because it has the different shapes of pasta and, and presents maybe the different kinds of uh, of sauces that you might serve with them. And some of these pasta names that I've never uh, come across, uh, tagli- tagliatelle um, is rich is a long ribbon pasta. Um, Fusilli, that's one of my favorites uh, from uh, an episode of Seinfeld. Uh, orzo pasta, uh, ravioli. Uh, tortellini, capitaletti. I mean, you, like you say, <laughs> it's just fun to say these words. It's fun to say the we words. Get to, uh, we get to, you know, practice our, our bad Italian accents. <laughs> what, what, what would you say? Do you have a favorite pasta, a, a dish that if you really were, you know, that comfort food, really hungry, really need something to kind of maybe warm you up, warm your spirits? Could you think of one? Oh, could I think of one? I could think of a lot of them. And, of course, the mac and cheese, Kevin, is the, you know, the number one favorite pasta you know, in America. We just love mac and cheese no matter how you do it. But another one of the, the favorite is I like seafood pastas, you know. So, um, and, and usually I'm using an, uh, a fettuccine noodle uh, so that you have that really uh, ribbon bite, uh, almost like a spaghetti, but it's flatter. And then I'm adding in tons of shrimp and crawfish. I may even add in, you know, some local sausage to just kind of perk up the bite a little bit, you know. But, yeah. And the beautiful thing is, is whether, you know, you can add, um, you know, fish to pasta as well. So there's a, a pasta that I do, Kevin, where I take a, the catfish and I broil it, and then I make a really creamy white sauce, and then I toss my noodles in, and then I uh, put the fish on top, and then we put tons of vegetables on top of that. So, yeah, you you can just do so many beautiful things with pasta. And you know, I, <clears throat> I went halfway like this last night, but I, I, I bought some crab cakes. I didn't have any pasta with it, but I did have some uh, some tomato sauce. And so yeah. poured that on the top of the pasta, uh, on top of the uh, crab cakes. Yeah, and I think if you could, that would have been nice to have a little, maybe a side dish of spaghetti as well. I think my favorite pasta, I guess, would have to go to is uh, rigatoni because when I was growing up, uh, we used to eat spaghetti, but my dad liked rigatoni, so my mother would buy some for him and serve. And I don't remember exactly how or why, but I, you know, got some one time, and so. Then it became that you know my dad and I would get the rig- rigatoni when everyone else got spaghetti. Not that I don't like spaghetti, uh, but you know, like I said, as you said earlier, it's a little bit of a heavier thing. It's got that good bite that we've been talking about, and you know, just some some fond memories there of of something from growing up. And with the with the rigatoni too, uh, Kevin is you you get an opportunity to add in your heavier meat sauces. You know, you wouldn't, uh, for instance, with your angel hair pasta, you don't want to to put a really heavy heavy meat sauce on that. You want want to think about something a little bit lighter, you know, your thinner sauces. But with your rigatoni, then you can go in and add, a, a, you know, the same thing with your lasagna. You know, you get to add a lot of heavier, heavier uh, bites to your lasagna. And, you know, if, if you're really desperate, you could use the rigatoni as a little straw to, to suck up all the <laughs> tomato sauce. Also, I like the those big ones like the tubes and the shells that you fill with the filled pastas are good, too. So 
Uh, we need to take one final break this hour. When we get back, we will wrap up our pasta discussion. Still time for you to work on your call to tell us about your favorite kind of pasta or your favorite place to eat pasta. The number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Send an email, food at mpbonline.org. We'll be back to wrap up the program after this. MPB listeners pay attention to quality. They look for quality in their work and their daily lives. If your business cares about quality customers, look to MPB. Go to mpbonline.org underwriting for more information. Welcome back to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Deborah Hunter from Cooking with Honey and Friends. We've been talking today about pasta and the different types of pasta uh, that are our favorites and been asking about your favorites as well. So give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464. You can email the show. Send it to food at mpbonline.org. You know, our producer Java does a lot of research for the show and usually manages to find, and this is true, that usually every day is a national something day. But unfortunately, today is not a national anything day in terms of food, but there is a very big, super important day coming up because tomorrow tomorrow is National Cookie Day. Oh, wow. So cookies arrived in America in the 17th century. Macaroons and gingerbread cookies were among the popular early American cookies. In most English-speaking countries outside of North America, the most common word for cookie is biscuit. In some regions, both terms, cookies and biscuits, are used. So so the first time that I heard um, the word biscuit used for a cookie it was um, a, a, a British friend of mine, and I was offering them a cookie, and they said, yes, I love to have a biscuit. And I was like, <laughs> okay. okay. Well, you're running the cake, you know. <laughs> I've got some flour in here somewhere, so yeah. And it's funny because what we think of as a biscuit is certainly different from what we think of as a cookie, that's absolutely, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm still scared of the gingerbread man, Kevin. So. so what cookie are you bringing tomorrow? Hmm. Someone thinks I should be bringing cookies in. That's uh, from, from, from Michelle back okay, here our, on the phone. Our call screener, all right. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. I'll have to think about what my favorite cookie is too. But first, Michelle is on the line from Meridian. Michelle, thanks for calling in this morning. Go ahead. Good morning. Well, um, my favorite place to have pasta around our area is uh, Mimo's Italian. Okay. And that's in Quitman, Mississippi. And they also have a location in Laurel and going to have one in Meridian pretty soon. But uh, the one in Quitman is our favorite, wonderful pasta, authentic Italian, made by Italians. So uh, it's my favorite place to have pasta. So, Michelle, what is your favorite dish when you're eating at Mimo's? Um, well, I have two things. Their lasagna is good, um, but uh, sometimes he'll do a lentil soup mm. that's just wonderful, uh, or a minestrone, and mm. then they have the paninis that are outstanding, and pizza too, but the lasagna is one of my favorites. Fantastic. It's also one of my favorites too. Yep. You take the one. And then I had one thing about, uh, y'all were talking about your favorite pasta recipes. I'm not going to give you the recipe, but my Nana, who came from Italy, uh, you know, and came through Ellis Island, uh, I have a cookbook of uh, family recipes. And my aunt wrote down, how do you know if the sauce is cooking at the right temperature? And she said, if it's cooking to, oh, solo mio, oh, solo mio, correct. <laughs> But if it's cooking to Tarantella, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, I love that 
book she gave me or it's just family recipes. But that was my favorite thing about uh, how do you know if you're cooking <laughs> your pasta, I mean, your sauce at the right <laughs> temperature. So I thought I'd pass that along. All right. Thank Thanks, you Michelle. So that's, much. A, that's a fairly family heirloom for sure. That's something you want to keep for passed down to future generations. But that makes sense, you know, kind of how fast it's boiling or bubbling. That, yeah. That'll give you a good idea. So. Um, so let's, uh, as we transition a little bit here in the last couple of minutes, uh, Java should have known if I saw the word cookies on my script that we would certainly start to talk about that. Although as much as I love pasta, but do you, do you have a favorite cookie? Do you think? Chocolate chip uh, yeah. pecan cookie is my favorite, Kevin. Oh my gosh. I think so. I mean, I like uh, a good chocolate chip cookie. Uh, although the macadamia nut with the white chocolate chips are good. Uh, I like peanut butter cookies. Um, I Oreos. think it's safe to call you the Cookie Monster, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> to, uh, to, to, I, would, uh, I think I'm, I'm with the Oreos, too. But have y'all seen, like, the new, like, Swedish fish Oreos? And they have, like, the birthday cake Oreos, all kind of crazy stuff. But to jump back on the pasta conversation, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but sometimes I forget macaroni mm-hmm. is a pasta. Because it's so much of a side dish, and then when I think of like you know a bigger pasta dish, it's uh, something like a main dish: shrimp alfredo, chicken alfredo, lasagna. But macaroni, it's it's so coveted, but it's it's not really a side. It's just I don't know. I don't think of it as a pasta pasta dish, but even you, though it's pasta. You can actually serve it as a main dish, you know, uh, and it's just like today, uh, the way we prepared it today, because we've added so many other wonderful things to it, like your tomatoes and your green onions and your shrimp. You may just want to serve that as a singular dish or you can use it as a side. It's, you know, and that's the wonderful thing about any pasta is mm-hmm. that you can create a bite to use it only for a side java or you may just decide to use it as your main course. Well, that's interesting to me because in a lot of Italian restaurants, a, a side of spaghetti is included. And you're like, that's a lot of food to eat. But that's interesting. Also, what I'll say about macaroni that I think is somewhat interesting is that it can be a macaroni and cheese. So you can have it in a warm dish. But also, if you have like a cold macaroni salad, yeah, uh, that's one thing that I know my mom used to cook uh, or prepare a lot of times in the summertime. You know, cook the macaroni and put it in Then Maybe you could put some... Uh, some tuna fish in there with it. Some green peas always goes well, but you can make kind of a, a cold salad out of it as well. And that's not true of just macaroni, but there are some other things about pasta that it can be either hot or cold. Absolutely. All right, so just about a minute or two left. Uh, any final words, any final thoughts on uh, pasta, I guess, as you were as we started out the program talking about al dente, as you said, that's, that's probably an important thing uh, maybe for beginning pasta cookers to think about uh, is to make sure that you don't overcook uh, so that you can get that nice firm bite. Absolutely, Kevin. You know, cooking the pasta, you know, correctly is always important, you know, and having fun while you're in the kitchen and adding your own personality and sometimes getting off the script and not always following the recipe, but following your heart, you know, really makes a difference when you're you're preparing, you know, any dish, Uh, whether you decide to use as a base butter or, you know, uh, olive oil, uh, you know, to toss up your pastas, you know, you can make a decision there with the butters. A lot of times you get a Uh, you know, a different kind of richness. But if you want to watch your calories and you want to make the dish lighter, you you want to toss it in some olive oil. 
uh, adding, you know, a number. There's so many different types of cheeses to pair with pasta, along with wines. You know, you know, you whether you're preparing a dish and you decide to use pair it with white or red wine. You know, all those things become important when you're preparing your your pasta dishes. And then, you know, for me, it's always whenever I have pasta, Kevin, my brain always says it's not nothing like serving it with a beautiful green salad, you mm-hmm. know. So adding a salad, you know, to that so that not only do you get your carbohydrates, which a lot of athletes, uh, you know, uh, tend to, you know, uh, increase their carbohydrates before they get ready for a big race or, you know, or for a big game or whatever. But then you also want to make sure that you're pairing it with, uh, you know, your green vegetables and a salad is a wonderful way to do yeah, that. Yeah, nice light thing to go along with the, the, the pasta, that's for sure. All right, so in honor of tomorrow, I also like Fig Newtons, Thin Mints, Chips Ahoy's, and sugar <laughs> cookies that have all that icing on the top. We're going to make a cookie and call it the calf. <laughs> that's going to wrap us up for today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener today was Michelle McAdoo. So, for Deborah Hunter, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next, it's Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. We'll be back next Monday at 9 for another Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio.